of Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1, Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. right there. This is hour number four of the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart. Time now for the only positive Patriots segment you're going to get in the city, dare I say the world, this season. And uh, every Tuesday around 9 o'clock, we only talk positive about the 2-10 and 10 New England Patriots. You just heard a uh, aggressive call from Sunday. Bailey Zappi with his legs picking up a fourth down. Uh, Hart, I will let you start. Where do you want to begin? Positive Patriots. Uh, the defense in its entirety, and maybe we can break it down a little more as we go, but yep. uh, the effort that they've, literally the effort they've been putting forth, but mm-hmm. also the execution. The results. Yeah. The results. The stuff, you know, they held 1.2 yards per carry, I think, on the ground for the Chargers. Um, certainly kept Justin Herbert in check, even if there were a couple drops in there. Um, everything they are doing and i always keep trying to remind people their two best players are on ir matthew judon yeah. doesn't play christian you when your best pass rusher and your best coverage guy your best corner is gone that should be a major blow to any defense never mind one that i had some questions about overall depth and talent the defense is good enough to win almost every week and oh yeah and you can and, and for them to still put out that kind of effort when yep. the record is the way that it is when it's oh three and out like hey we're just on the bench for a second i got to run right back out there and this week too like that is a for them feather in the cap justin herbert austin eckler and keenan allen are all Pro Bowl caliber players, right? Keenan Allen's having yep. like a, a flat, like a a throwback kind of year. He's been fantastic. So there are good skill players on the other side there, and they, uh, yeah, they were good. They were those guys were were really really good. Um, again, it's six nothing. The you mentioned the defense being good. I will say one of the big issues with the previous quarterback was the number of turnovers, and this quarterback Bailey Zappi in his first start this season. Did not turn it over. He did not throw an interception. He also did not fumble the ball. And they had few possessions late in the game where they had, they did have an opportunity to win it, but not turning it over because that was such a huge reason why Mac Jones got benched ultimately. Uh, Zappy didn't turn it over. So there's that. I also would say Zappy brought, I thought, a positive energy to the field. I thought he... Yes. There was a couple uh, times where um, he was under pressure, mostly by Khalil Mack, and he like yeah, patted Khalil him on the bum and smiled yeah. at him. And I, I, and there was a delay a game. There was a yeah. twelve men in the huddle. He had opportunities where he could have gotten frustrated. I'm sure there was a couple times he wasn't on the same page as his receivers. And I know it's his first start compared to the build up for Mack over the course of the season and the getting benched and the mm-hmm. struggles. But I just thought, you know, there was a there was a positive air energy to Bailey Zappi that I think the team 
frankly needed at this point in the season. Yeah, I agree. I think there was uh, – I think those guys played for him a little bit more than we saw in the previous weeks for Mac Jones. Uh, they had more total yards than the Chargers. They had fewer penalties, and they won the time of possession. And they didn't score. They didn't score. Wait, sorry, freaking point! <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's tough. And when we set out to do this, when was the first week? Was it after maybe the Cowboys or Saints game? I think is when we started it because we're like, oh, we'll see how the season's going. Like that's probably as bad as it's going to be. But let's try to jump in there because it's easy to pile on, easy to all that other stuff. Yep. But uh, I mean, they've scored one touchdown in three weeks. But that's again not what we're here for. They've only allowed a couple of touchdowns in those same three weeks. Correct. It's uh, it's all. You one need me to step in here. You feel like you're. Reaching I'm teetering. For the I thought I had another again. one, and I guess I forgot it. You went okay. defense. Defense was a good one. Uh, <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, who is your veteran backup, was forced into lead back duty when Ramondre yep. Stevenson went down, and I thought he handled himself pretty well in mm-hmm. that role. It wasn't perfect. It's not like he went off for 150 yards. No, nope. but you know that's a guy that goes in expecting every week to play about. Most of the year, it's been a third of the snaps. It's been like a 66% to 33% share. Then it was like, oh, Ramondre's out. You're the only guy we got. Get out there. And uh, I thought he did a pretty good job, and I think that continues. We've said this before. I think that continues. Ezekiel Elliott really done a nice job in his role, and I'm sure when he came to New England, he didn't expect he'd be playing for a two-win team. I don't know that he'd be here if, if no, he thought it was no, be a no, two-win no. team. No, so probably not. Give him, give him credit for performance on the field, particularly in this game, a bigger load. And then yeah. give him credit for the attitude and energy that he's brought to this team and leadership. And I know, I think it was David Andrews was talking today, like how funny he is, great guy to play cards with, brought, has brought like a real good attitude to the locker room. Yeah, no, he, Zeke would have been like the perfect guy in like 2015, 2016. Like even this version of Zeke. Yep. I'm not even talking about like that version. I'm talking yeah, about like no, this version. Yeah, no, I agree. Yep. Would have been awesome on on those teams. Uh, they ran for 148 yards as a team. Now, that includes the 39-yard end around with Tyquan Thornton, but at least you got a positive play out of Thornton on that one. Yep. And so that's one thing that has been there in recent weeks with the defense has also been the running game. You know, like And for Ramondre Stevenson, who got hurt, I know that's a negative, but the fact that he only had nine carries for 39 yards and yet the team ran for a buck 48 that's that's certainly a uh, a positive. Uh, one that we did talk about earlier in the show, and it's sort of a big picture positive. But they are in sole possession of the number two pick in the draft right now. Yeah, so they're, they're Cardinals. There is that. Yeah, Cardinals had a win, and who knows, Cardinals could win another one down the stretch with Kyler Murray. I'm telling you, I'm going to say it right now. Patriots are picking number one overall. I think they are picking number one overall. All right. Well, we I have really we have the time, so let's do this. The Carolina Panthers are currently one and eleven. Yeah. They, like the Patriots, have five games remaining. The Carolina Panthers are at New Orleans this weekend. Winnable. Home to the Atlanta Falcons. Winnable. Home to the Green Bay Packers on Christmas Eve. I guess kind of winnable. Not really, but kind of. At Jacksonville on New Year's Eve. Jacksonville, we have trust issues with them. We said it in the previous segment. Yeah, and I wonder, so that's the second and last week of the season, so... Will Jacksonville even need that game? Like we'll see. Like will like will they have the division wrapped up and maybe they can't get home field? So maybe it's uh, probably but, not with yeah, Trevor Lawrence hurt and, and with two weeks to go. That's kind of tricky. Uh, and then they end the season. Maybe the maybe the most winnable home to the Tampa Bay Bucks. They just yeah. lost to the Bucks this Sunday by three. 
and they were leading at various points. I was going to say. Like, it was a winnable football game. I'm telling you, Patriots are picking number one overall. Now, do you know off the top of your head if uh, they both end with two losses what the tiebreaker is? Uh, I got to look this up. I don't. the I don't... strength of schedule or whatever. And right now, the Patriots win the tiebreaker, I believe. I believe that's what I've read, except that changes as you go on. I was going to say that, so that depends. It's a fluid situation based on wins It's super close. As of right now, Carolina's strength of schedule is 525. New England's is 527. Yeah. So that's going to come right down to the, the bitter end. Um, but, yeah, so I, would, I mean, there's a one-loss team, a two-loss team, a three-loss team, and then there is, what, like five four-loss teams. So depending on how all this shakes out, I mean, you win a couple of games, you could you could go from the number two pick to the number eight pick like that. No, you quick. can't win two games. No. No, you, can't. you can't win one game. Don't win any games. Let everybody else win the games and then pick number one overall. Wow, you really ran out of stuff, and you decided we just break down the Panthers' schedule. Huh? Go to the Panthers, but that's positive. it's kind of a positive, kind of a positive, positive. And because the Panthers have a new coach. The Panthers still are trotting up the number one overall pick quarterback, and they don't have this pick. Like this isn't their pick. Lots of so, reasons to believe. Yeah. There are lots of reasons to believe the Patriots could pick number one overall, and that yep. would be a very good thing. Also, who else? I got? want to include um, mostly positive, save for one play. But Bryce Barringer, um, as you put together people for the future, yeah, I he's on the have, he's on the squad. This guy's on the seventy yard punt, like he's on the yeah. squad. Yeah. You have Bill uh, Bill Belichick won't have him, but somebody uh, will have somebody, a weapon yep. as a punter. I believe that, and for, I can already envision this. There's going to be teams that they play next year where the opposing coach on his Wednesday press conference will say, well, they got a weapon in Bryce Baringer. Yeah. And we'll say, yep, that's the classic bill. As soon as he points to special teams on the other team, you know they don't have much. <laughs> Correct. But there you go. Defense. Defense is very good. Running game was good. No turnovers from the quarterback. And you're picking number two. Right. Not ignore bad. The, ignore the zero points scored and the losing. And th- 13 points in three weeks in the NFL. Hey. Hey, you know. Hey, well. All right, I'll do it for that. Uh, we have Grab Bag coming up next. And we can also uh, take some phone calls during Grab Bag, 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart right now here. Stiz with What's Trending. Your home of the socks. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Patriots had practice today. They continue to get ready to head to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers on Thursday night. Kickoff at 8.15. Absent on the practice field was Ramondre Stevenson and Demario Douglas. Few other players on limited participation. Those players included Marcus Jones, Christian Gonzalez, Matthew Judon, Riley Reef, Tyrone Whitley, Daniel Aquale, and Kendrick Bourne. I got some breaking news. Up. Oh. Do you want some uh, breaking Red Sox news? After hit me. How about this? Jeff Passan. The Red Sox are trading Alex Verdugo uh, to the New York Yankees. Wow. For right-handers Richard Fitz, Greg Wiesert, and Nicholas Judas. Probably screwed up all their names. But for all right-handed pitching, a Sox-Yankees deal. Ooh, Breslow. And uh, Craig Breslow sent. I think we all kind of assumed Verdugo would probably get dealt at some point this offseason. And so the first move, Alex Verdugo on the move. Do you remember the infamous game uh, towards the end of the season where Verdugo was spotted with Bloom? Yes, I do. They were on the field for like 45 minutes after. Sure were. Yep. Mm. Wow. How about that? So we'll have more on Verdugo coming up as well in, in addition to grab bag. But we'll definitely get into this Verdugo trade. 
All right, continuing on with trending. Monday Night Football last night, the Bengals beat the Jaguars 34-31 in Jacksonville. Tough news for the Jags, though, as Trevor Lawrence suffered what was initially diagnosed as an ankle sprain. He underwent an MRI earlier today. Celtics are officially out of the in-season tournament after losing to Indiana last night, 122-112. Jason Tatum had 32, Jalen Brown had 30, but the Celtics couldn't stop all-star guard Tyrese Halliburton, who recorded the first triple-double of his career and completed a tie-breaking four-point play with a minute and a half left in the game. Celtics off tonight. They're going to play the loser of the Bucks in the Knicks, which is going on right now. Uh, with four minutes left in the third quarter, the Bucks currently up on the Knicks, 100 to 89. Again, the Celtics will face the loser of that game on Friday night. Bruins back on the ice on Thursday when they host the Sabers at the TD, TD Garden. Puck drop at 7 p.m. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on Wei and Wei.com. More Rich Key Show, including Grab Bag, coming up. You can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Ain't nothing working, ain't nothing right. There's a hole in me that I can't fill, no matter how hard I try. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart, WEEI, on a full tang Tuesday. And we will get to grab bag, however... Just moments to go. We got news from Jeff Passan that the Red Sox have traded Alex Verdugo to the Yankees. Not a ton of moves between the Red Sox and the Yankees all time. Uh, but he goes to the Yankees for three minor league pitchers. And I was just looking this up on MLB.com. They have everybody's, you know, top 30 prospects in each of the yep. systems. And Richard Fitz. Excuse me? Richard Fitz. Well, that's that's good. Let's stick with Richard or Rich or Rick. I know there are other nicknames, but let's go with Richard Fitz. And uh, yeah, we're not we're gonna have a hard time with this one, I think. But <laughs> you like a good Richard. I do. Fellow Richard. What do they call Rich for short? <laughs> Richard Richie. Uh, so he is a double A prospect. He's twenty three years old, and he is the twelfth rated prospect in the Yankee system. The other two uh, weren't in the top thirty, so whatever. Well, like just, you know, just you know, throw doing a, a little quick research. Uh-huh. The um, Richard Fitz yeah. uh, is a double-digit strikeouts per nine innings kind of guy. I like which that. I like. I like that. Um, the other, the middle guy, Weissert, I yes. think his name was. Yeah, yeah. He he actually pitched seventeen games for the Yankees last year. Um, okay, meh. And then the third guy, uh, Judas. Yeah, Nicholas six Judas. Foot Eight dude, who everywhere he's been has been a like eleven strikeouts per nine innings kind of guy. So it looks like two guys that are strikeout guys. The both of the two young guys played in the Cape Cod League, one in Wareham, um, one one of the other teams. But um, the the last guy, Judas, I'm not even sure he's played minor league baseball. It looks like just college and summer league baseball. He's very very just got drafted. Young, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, young arms. I, I'm all for having young arms that strike people out. It's a good start. Yeah, and Breslow is supposed to be this pitching expert, right? Yep. He's a, a main pitching coordinator, or whatever all his titles were with the Cubs, and obviously a former pitcher himself. So if he identifies some of these guys, I didn't expect to get a whole lot for Verdugo. Verdugo last year, very perplexing. He at one point was their best player, 
At one point, you thought maybe he could be an all-star, then got benched a couple of times due to, like, lack of hustle and things like that. He was their one good defensive player, it felt like, until Trevor Story came up and, like, Raphael came up. But, um, but I don't know, like, there's no power there. He's not, like, an elite hitter by any stretch. He you just, know who he is? Jelani Tavai. Yeah, he's like just an average player. Like he's a fine player if he's your eighth or ninth player. Yeah. When you try to bump him up and turn him into more than that, you're like, well, right. he's really not. And I would also mix in the the hustle issues, the timeliness issues, right? There was some yeah. stuff where, what time are you supposed to be here? Well, I wasn't late. Well, what time are you supposed to be here? Well, <laughs> I wasn't late. I made it for the game. No, I know. That kind of stuff. Well, I made the hilarious joke during the Red Sox pregame this past year that you could just change the war stat to wave wins above Verdugo because... <laughs> He's like an average, like, he is clearly a major league player. Absolutely. But he's not like a stud. If he's your third best outfielder, like, all right, maybe now you have something. But if he's your best outfielder, and for a time he was, that was a problem. So I thought he was going to get traded. Uh, one of the many lefty bats you have on the team. He was also entering the final year of his deal. And I remember talking to Bradford about it. He's like, well, if you keep Verdugo, you might have to consider whether you want to pay the guy like 18 to $20 million to stay. I'm like, what the hell? I do not. And I don't even know if the Yankees want to. Maybe they thought, hey, we, maybe they have a bunch of pitchers in their system. And they're like, this way we have a major league outfielder. Because they had some issues, you know, even when Judge was healthy. And then they certainly did when Judge was hurt. So, but kind of funny, first move for Breslow is trading a guy to the Yankees, which you don't typically always see. But, hey, if that's the best deal, it's the I best deal. I think I read Good. seventh in the last half century, seventh deal between the teams in the last half century. I mean, I remember there's a bunch of players who have played for both. Well, I was trying to think of deals. Like, obviously, Johnny Damon and Jacoby Ellsbury. Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs. Boggs. I remember, yeah, Clemens. Ramiro Mendoza was one guy I remember. It was like a reliever for the Yankees that yep. came here. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so if you guys have any thoughts on the, the Verdugo deal for uh, Richard Fitz. Excuse me? Richard Fitz. What's his nickname? Richard. Wouldn't it be more impressive if it, his middle name was Didn't? You think that'd be impressive? Yeah. If his middle name was Didn't. Yeah, you know why? Why is that? It says something about him. <laughs> Bet he has no kids. <laughs> Where are you getting in trouble? <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move it along. We got Mike up in New Hampshire. He joins us next. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Good, Mike. My question is: I haven't heard anyone mention this, but um, Marvin Harrison Jr. What are people comparing him to? Are they comparing him to a Randy Moss type player, or what? I uh, I mean, as far like yeah, they're comparing him to the best wide receivers that have come out of college over the last ten fifteen years. So Calvin Johnson, not that he's you know the body and type of Calvin Johnson, but just right. game breaker, highest graded wide receiver to come out. Yeah. All right, so if he, in fact, let's just say he's Randy Moss-like. Yep. Is it too far-fetched to think we go with him, with the overall pick, if we're able to get him? No, that's who I want. And Hart's brought up a good case against it. You know, the, just that being the quarterback's more important, and if Caleb Williams or Drake May are that good and you pass up on those guys to draft a receiver, you'll be kicking yourself years down the line. I just feel like Marvin Harrison is more of a sure thing, and we've seen so many examples of receivers lifting the play of quarterbacks that I am definitely team – Marvin Harrison Jr. So that would be my that would be my we did talk about that, but that was way earlier in the show. But yeah, yeah. We, we hit on that for sure. And I am I am just opposed to it in terms of I think those quarterbacks are worth the risk of the draft positioning. I just I get it. You might miss, yeah, but 
you might hit on Marvin Harrison and still not have a quarterback for five years, and then sure. you have to trade him in three because he doesn't want to resign with you and like he hates you because no one gets him the ball, that kind of thing. But no, he's an elite talent. He is. I wanted to look it up because I wasn't sure on the. He's six four. He's six foot four. Oh, he's a catches everything. Yeah. Catch and run. You know, whatever you, Jamar Chase, yep. Justin, whoever you want to compare yeah, him to Chase, that changes Jefferson. an offense, yeah. the, he is one of those guys. No question about it. Uh, let's go to Allison in Cambridge. What's going on, Allison? Hi, guys. Good evening. So, Patriots thing and then a Dort podcast, okay? Love it. Oh. Okay, great. First of all, I just want to say I like Mac. I think that last year Zappy was a suck up and a twerp. And this year, <laughs> I think he's a hateful worm. So, Whoa. that's how I feel about Zappy. All right, fair enough. <laughs> okay. The Dork Podcast thing, yes. the swarm that was on CW is one of the most amazing things that's ever been on television. It's a German sci-fi series based on a book. Have you heard of it, Keith? No, The Swarm? No, I don't think so. The Swarm, oh my God! All right. it's, it's, it's an eco-disaster. Eco I mean, it is just like, so the Germans, they never spent so much money on an English for English television show ever. And everything about it, the characters you just love. It's right. kind of like 2001 Below the Sea rather than in space. Oh, all right. I don't want to. I don't want to tip it. I don't want to give spoilers, but there's basically okay. it is just amazing, and the details and and the, the 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 effects of having like oh my god, suddenly these mutant crabs come on, and the sound effects and the music of all of these crabs coming all over Europe, and basically we have to go with it's the most one of the most amazing things that's ever been on. Okay, well listen, I'm sold. Yeah, I am absolutely sold, Allison. Thanks for the phone call. I, so, Stiz, you watch the swarm? You ever see this? Ever heard about this? Never heard about it. Eight episodes. It looks like it was on the the CW early this year. I'll find that. I'll search that out. That was a, that was a glowing recommendation if I ever heard one. She was excited. Best thing ever on television. Um, give it a go. Can we go to the first part though. Like the the hate for Bailey Zappi. Hates there? Bailey Zappi. Well, she likes Mac Jones. So I think if you like Mac Jones, you hear people talking about Bailey Zappi. Yeah, I disagree with that. I think Bailey Zappi was in a position last year where. If you were a fourth-round pick and the guy in front of you was a first-round pick and been there for a year and wasn't doing well, you kind of would do whatever you could just to get on the field. And so if yeah. he was a suck-up, even if though I understand it was to Patricia and Judge, he's just trying to play, and I thought he made the most of it when he was out there. So I disagree on that part, I guess, as well. I can also tell you just from my personal uh, experiences around both of them, yeah, having interviewed them, talked to them, seen them, I think Bailey Zappi is far more likable. He just seems to have a natural positive energy. Yeah. Um, he's a Texas kid. I filled in a couple times in the afternoon and interviewed him last year um, yeah. when he was doing interviews No, he definitely us. seems more relatable. Mac Jones, and I can right. say this because I went to a prep school. Mac Jones has more of a prep school vibe. Well, yeah, because that's who he is. Oh, I know. And that, it's not for everybody. So, no. Yeah, I could see I could see that. Let's go to uh David in North Providence. He joins us next. What's up, David? How are you doing, gentlemen? Just right. excuse me because I didn't see I didn't hear the beginning of the show. I All just good. wanted to ask a quick question and hang up and listen. Is uh, is Bo Nix in the mix uh for quarterback uh, in the first round or, or who who you guys were talking about exactly? I just want to listen. Thanks. All right. Yeah, no problem, David. So I think right now in Hart, you can correct me if I'm wrong. If yep. you're picking in the top three, as of today, that is a Caleb Williams-Drake-May conversation for quarterbacks. I do like Bo Nix a lot, but you he's not worth a top 10 pick. He is probably should be a second-round pick, but because quarterbacks get overdrafted, you might have to trade back into like the 20s to get Bo Nix. 
Yeah, I think I think there's a good chance five quarterbacks are going to go in the first round. Jaden Daniels seems like he's going through the roof. He could yeah. end up a top ten pick if you believe some of the mocks. Um, and then Knicks and Penix, I think there's a chance that they slide somewhere into the yeah. first round. We some saw people like Mac McCarthy Jones. from Michigan, who I don't like. But... I don't see that. But then there's the wild card of if if Harbaugh goes somewhere, would he want to bring McCarthy with him somewhere? Oh, wow. um, yeah, that, maybe because they clearly have a, a a bond and an allegiance as a quarterback coach thing, yep. former quarterback, yep. the whole thing. Um, I don't love Knicks or Penix. Uh, Penix's arm is fun. He has a fun arm, mm-hmm. a lefty with a cannon. I don't, I mean, probably Mike Vick, right? The last time there was a lefty that could throw the ball like that on a laser. Yes, yeah, um, there's a whole story to be written about the uh, lefty quarterbacks kind of just disappearing. Yeah, but he's though both of those guys are old. Uh, Penix because of multiple torn ACLs. Knicks because yeah. of transfers and other things like that. Yeah, because COVID's still making some of these guys oh. old. They've all had an extra year of eligibility. Some have taken it. So I mean, I just saw some Texas Tech guy that's transferring somewhere. He's going to be twenty five when he plays next fall. Oh, that's I mean, they're older guys than that. I mean, they're ridiculous. The whole Patriots draft class. I feel like the last two years were all twenty four year old guys. Yeah, but if you draft a quarterback at twenty five, like you've already lost like four years of developmental and I'm not as worried time. about that though to be honest because I feel like guy the quarterbacks if they want can play till their mid 30s no problem. Yeah, I know. But, but I'm only yeah, getting I mean, 10 years. Ten. I'd rather get 15. All right. Well, let's let's work on getting 4. It's going to be he's going <laughs> to these guys, <laughs> they, just, they listen, just bench this guy two and a half years in. If you draft him at 25 in that range, they're going to be like major league baseball free agents when they get their first big contract. They're thirty yeah. already. I know, but I they... want, but but I think there's a better chance that they're good earlier. Like you're talking about, like oh, you draft the young guy, then you like develop him. Well, if it takes you three years to develop him, like I think I you're going to get impatient. Lamar looked like he developed pretty well, and he was like twenty. When Lamar's he really good. I like Lamar. I like young quarterbacks. All right, so you like as of right now still Caleb Williams the most, or would you? Go I would Drake take Man? Caleb. No, Caleb so would I. Williams I would take my first choice. Yeah, me too. Yes. I'd take Caleb Williams, but you would take Harrison would, over Caleb Williams. Yep, I would take Marvin so Harrison. Would ta- over if you everybody. had number one overall pick, you would do the Keyshawn Johnson number one overall pick wide receiver Marvin Harrison. Unless I could get cute and no. trade down to two. No, you're not Let Danny Ainge, t- and this isn't Jason Tatum. Maybe I am Danny Ainge. No, yeah, I guess I would just I would Keyshawn it and take the, take him number one. Okay. Yep. That's ballsy. That is ballsy. That's why they call me Big Balls. I don't think they do, no. Richard Fitz. <laughs> Newest member of the Boston Red Sox, if you just missed it, Richard Fitz. Uh, as Alex Verdugo goes to the Yankees. Craig Breslow's first move, trading Verdugo to the Yankees for three minor league uh, pitchers, including Richard Fitz, the number 12 prospect with the Yankees. It's time for Coming up on Thursday night, it is the Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I saw this quote coming out. So Kenny Pickett's hurt. And uh, one of the Steelers beat writers had this Najee Harris back and forth. Najee Harris on Mitch Trubisky's leadership. Quote, it's fine, I guess. Follow-up question. How would you describe his style? Quote, vocal, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I really feel it. Do you feel that? Oh, they are they are a mess there. They somehow have a good record. We were giving Mike Tomlin a lot of credit last week, but that Steelers team is pretty pretty bad. Has the total dropped below thirty yet? It is going to be below thirty when this game kicks off. Ooh. There's no doubt in my mind. It's going to be like uh, in. Iowa, Nebraska. Yep, that's it's it's going to be an embarrassing low NFL 
total. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing 29 and a half. I t- it's, 29 and a half. In an NFL game. Tom Brady's rolling in his grave. They used to roll out of bed and score mm-hmm. 30 themselves, never mind the other team. What does Al Michaels say to this? Wow. Sunday Poor night man. football, Eagles, Cowboys, over under 52 and a half. 52 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk Herbstreet might not even bring his dog to this no. game because it's such a bad game. Kids love grab bag. That is for sure true. Uh, last night on Monday Night Football, Trevor Lawrence got hurt, but it might not be as bad as what they're saying. But the Bengals beat the Jags in overtime. Bengals, I uh, think they could squeeze a playoff spot. Did you see the numbers on Browning? Like, there's only been like Good, five games like what he had last yeah. night, and it's Tom yeah. Brady, Peyton Manning, all these greats, and then John Browning. Jake, no, I, Jake Browning. I mean, Jake Browning. Who's John Browning? <laughs> I don't know, some guy you just made up. <laughs> Maybe his brother. I don't know. Um, I No, I don't see this continuing. I, I don't. Like, you can yeah, probably feed not. Uh, your best receiver. Did you see him? Did you see Jamar Chase's post-game comments about how he, he came to the stadium and he decided he was going to be kind of a jerk and, like, he was just going to be an a-hole, stealing towels and being, like, he was just in a mood, basically, and he took it out on them. He's like 11 for 149, I think. He's good. It'd be nice yeah. to have one of those. Yeah, it'd be great. It'd be pretty great. That's why you draft Marvin Harris at number one. Back! Shaq Leonard going to the Eagles. Yeah. Colts. I mean, that, we could see him a lot in the playoffs, I would imagine. They've been trying to do this all year. Remember yeah. they, they signed Miles Jack early in the year, or even in training camp. I loved was... Miles Jack coming out of yeah. college. Yeah, They're going down the aging, big-name yep. linebacker road. Mm-hmm. We've seen the Patriots do that over the years. When you're yep. a good team, those are the types of people you take chances on. That's true. Back! Heisman Trophy candidates. You mentioned all these names, I think, at one point, but Marvin Harrison is one of the four finalists. Bo yep. Nix, Michael Penix, and Jaden Daniels from LSU, who I think is the overwhelming favorite. He'll probably end up winning this bad boy. I think they've the other two quarterbacks took turns being the favorite, and then just the way Daniels' season kind of progressed, yep. Nick's losing a couple of games. Uh, it's going to be Daniels. Yeah, he had a couple ridiculous. He had yeah. one was was it like five hundred and something yards? Yeah, and the legs and the runs and the, the whole. Yeah, he is like the epitome. I don't know how good he's going to be. I haven't really watched enough of him to come up with an opinion. But as a college player, yeah, he is electric. He's, he's a, fun he's to a blast. watch. It's grab bag time. All right, one of my favorite moments of the NBA season thus far would be from two nights ago. Houston Rockets head coach Ime Udoka <laughs> just sizing up LeBron James and calling him some bad words. And yep. just everybody in the league bows down to LeBron. Everybody wants to be best friends with LeBron. They just kiss his rear. He's the best, this, that, and the other. Players, coaches, refs, not Ime Udoka. Holy smokes. He's got the Rockets playing pretty well. Rockets aren't bad right now. And there's a great exchange. You probably saw it on Twitter, but the two of them going back and forth. I'm like, man, we talked earlier about how you need more rivalries in the NBA. And I don't know how many times the Rockets and Lakers are going to play each other. But the fact that Udoka just, like, doesn't give a crap that it's LeBron, I love that. And don't you think there's a little bit of, like, the you get to prison, you got to take on the the biggest dude to prove yourself to the rest of the prison. There was definitely an aspect... Um, and Le- LeBron took the bait, played like <laughs> played right into Doka's hands yep. for him. Um, no, it was great. He went up a, a couple notches in my book when I finally saw it because you saw it first. That's great. And you're like, huh? What the hell is that could have been about? And then you hear the the audio back and forth, and 
and what did he say? Like we afterwards, he said something like, "We got punked by a team that's not usually capable of punking anyone or something." Pretty like good, that. He, yeah. And he did that. It's it's right out of his playbook. He did it to the the Celtics. Like oh, his yeah. second game here, he said something about we got punked on our home court or something. Like he, that's great. There is there is definitely an Udoka. But like, if you're playbook. like Jalen Green or you're one of these young guys on the Rockets and you see your coach just like not being intimidated or at yep. all impressed with LeBron James, like hell yeah, you're gonna play for that guy. And he's such a hardo. He does it in such a badass fat. Like he didn't get angry. He didn't even walk toward no. him. Like there was no. It's like a reserved hardo badassness that I I I I enjoy Udoka. I still well. Do. It's funny. Like the the guy that gets like nose to nose. That's the guy that doesn't know how to fight. Yeah. Right. Doesn't. Right. has never even been in a fight. Right. The guy that just kind of like glances at you and never raises his voice. You're like, that guy would kill you. Like, this that, is like. That guy's yeah. terrifying. I love. Sorry. I, I love the email thing, but after I saw a highlight reel of LeBron James playing Udoka, just smoking his boots no, constantly. Well, listen, LeBron's a much better basketball player. That's not yeah, up for yeah. debate. Yeah. But I, I mean, Udoka, I would say Udoka's tougher. Right. And he's not going to like bow down just because you are a better basketball player or you are a better team. Like, I think that's the message he is kind of sending. So, no, I'm a, I still, I still don't really understand why Udoka couldn't coach here. Yeah. Well, we can, we did shows on that. We can, no, I know. And I I still don't really understand. I know. It's still, the rumors I hear are all about consensual things and stuff like that. Like, I think it's about being a subordinate, I think is an issue. I'm not, I I don't know. I don't know the whole thing. I don't know. And here comes the grab bag. Grab, grab bag, 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 grab, grab bag. And lastly, from the grab bag, the most anticipated video game trailer in years was released last night. It was supposed to be released this morning. It got leaked, as everything does. Grand Theft Auto 6. I think this is going to be the entire topic of the next hashtag dork podcast. But Stiz, 90 second long trailer. Yeah. Immediate reaction was. I loved it. Absolutely flames. I think it's great, though, that a top-level exec at Rockstar has, like, 16-year-old son leaked it on, uh, like, TikTok. Oh, is that what ended up yeah. happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they weren't thrilled about it, but they released the video. It's already gotten, like, more views than, like, all of these other top video games combined. It broke. It shattered the YouTube yeah. record. Mr. Beast uh, previously yeah. had the most views in 24 hours. It shattered that. Um, yeah, I'd definitely like to talk more about it, like Friday or something. Uh, yeah, Stiz, well, didn't you get uh, tricked? Yeah, I, get... I, got, I did. <laughs> I got punked over up. the weekend. Uh, I saw people sharing a trailer, which I watched it, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is it. I'm about to be the first one with it. I'm going to share it and, and help everyone. And then people are like, no, dude, that's that's an old fake thing. Like, Damn it, dude. I'm usually really good with that. Uh, I, that I, got, uh, I got duped. I can't yeah, even right. find the main trailer. Oh, here it is. Is this it? Well, just because there's so many people have reaction videos on YouTube. Already, yeah, here yeah, it is. Yeah. 96 million views, and it's been up for a day. And that's one channel. There's probably oh, yeah, thousands of channels that, you know, yeah. that have millions of views as well. And the video you're talking about, the Beast video, I believe, was the Beast Tom Brady video. That oh, was the was previous it? record holder. It was oh, Beast. Oh, Remember when Tom Brady like hit the drone with a football? They were on a yacht and they were like, doing "Oh yeah, tricks yeah, yeah." Was that something. that? Okay, I believe that was the record holder before this. All right. Anyway, we'll have more on that coming up. But yeah, I saw it. it looked awesome. And uh, but the other big story was 2025 release. Ugh. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a while. All right, uh, that'll do it for a successful edition of. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a grab bag. We will wrap up the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart coming up next. 
If you missed any of our Patriots Monday and Friday interviews, go back and listen on the podcast anytime. Just subscribe to the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. All right, wrapping things up here on the Rich Keefe Show with Andy Hart. News of the night. Alex Verdugo traded to the New York Yankees. Craig Breslow's first move, he uh, gets three pitchers back. Uh, Hart kind of broke it down. He had one guy that was just drafted, so we don't know much about him, not a top prospect. Another guy that pitched a handful of games at the major league level this year. And then Richard Fitz, a 23-year-old. I think he was drafted out of Auburn a few years back. Yep. Um, He's the number 12 prospect in the Yankees system. And so that's probably your best bet. That's your guy right there for Verdugo, who was entering the final year of his deal. So I really wasn't expecting him to be on the roster. I am a little surprised he went to the Yankees, but that's really about it. So does this, um, A, tell you anything about Breslow? Does it give you any, so his first deal, he traded Verdugo away to the Yankees for a couple pitching prospects, a couple yeah, strikeout you know what? guys. My kind of fear that he is just time bloom. Like this is kind of in line with that because well I would tell you I, it's I think symbolic Bloom, I think Bloom would have traded Verdugo as well, but I think it's symbolic. Oh, that he was part it, of the Betts deal. If he he was the get in the Betts deal, right? And if you trade that and end up with two good arms out of it, it's a good first step. Now they're a couple of years away, obviously. Yeah. Certainly the guy that's just drafted, a um, couple of years away. But I think there could be an interesting timeline to keep an eye on with this deal. But secondary to that, so you traded. A guy who at times last year was your best outfielder, correct? Yes. So does that tell you anything? Uh, well, I mean, at times he was, right? Like Yoshida was right. probably better. I think Willier Abreu got called up, and he was pretty good. Rafaela, there's like some intrigue. I think they had a lot of lefty bats, and they were like, we're not going to re-sign this guy. So you have some young outfielders that you might play. But the hope, and maybe this is where you're leading me, maybe yeah. they acquire a big bat. Maybe this is maybe they get Juan Soto, or maybe they get something Thank like that. you, Soto. Right. I, it took you forever to get there. The answer <laughs> well, is I Soto. Still I still so the Yamamoto-Soto combo that we all crave yes. still on the table. Yes. All right. Obviously. Yeah, okay. Jeez. That's clearly what it's going to be. We're not going to be let down. If the Richard fits. Yeah. It sure well, does. It sure does. If the boot fits. <laughs> the Richard fits. Same thing. Well, that'll do it for us. We have a very special uh, Thursday show with Andy Hart. Patriots play on Thursday. We are still going to be on the air. So Hart will join us uh, for the first part. Basically a de facto pregame. Yeah. And then I'll be on till 10. And then Hart and Fitzy will jump on after the game for the postgame show. Yeah. So very exciting. The, one of the lowest scoring totals in the history of the National Football. Correct. So there'll be a lot to break down. But uh, Hart, a pleasure. Stiz, good stuff as always. Uh, we will be back with Fitzy tomorrow starting at 6. Everybody have a uh, great rest of your Tuesday night. And we'll talk to you then.